When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your plans? Today it's dinner with the parents at your spot. We gotta come back here. Now, their spot. Or you're on the edge of your seat at the game. Come on, just one time. And it's the one. Or maybe you're catching the next flight to... Now boarding flight 1850. Oh, that's you. The choice is yours. And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of... Oh. And on this episode I'm talking to Erin Tett, an amazing comedian based in the UK, but uh, who grew up in uh, Singapore. I've seen some of her stand-up from New York and also her gigs in London and I really love her stand-up. But she's also got a, a fantastic YouTube channel with lots of sketches on it. But we'll talk about that in the conversation that we have. Well, we're well into COVID-19. I guess that's the uh, subject matter of the day, I suppose. I um, managed to go all the way to Slovakia to do a couple of gigs. Uh, it was amazing to uh, just do a few gigs in front of a live audience. And uh, in Slovakia, the lockdown was pretty severe at the beginning. Uh, I think even a week before we even started the lockdown, uh, they locked their borders and everyone had to wear a mask all the time. I mean, everywhere. Uh, so they kept their deaths down quite, quite low. So they did open up and so it was possible to go to a pub and just have a pint without booking in advance. Um, uh, that's how it is there. It's on the green list. So uh, it was safe to go there. But um, nice. But, and that's how I uh, managed to do a few gigs in a row. Uh, it took me um, at least, I think, two gigs to find my flow but I did find it and it felt good so um, it's just good to know that it's still there and it'll only take maybe one or two gigs to find it again and that will happen I presume when uh, when we open up again probably after Christmas I would imagine uh, yeah so um, I, uh, update on my ankle uh, it's getting better uh, I did a lot of walking and uh, eventually it began to stretch out. Uh, I won't run for a while, but uh, I know you've been waiting on tender hooks for news about my heel and my ankle. It's getting better. Um, I see a lot of people, though, are complaining about the restrictions that we have to wear masks in on buses and on trains and in shops. And um, most people do wear them, but some people are saying that they're human rights are being taken away. Their human rights are being taken are, are that that oh my god, that makes my blood boil. When I think of all the countries 
where human rights really are taken away, like in China, Hong Kong, obviously, where people are marching, Belarus, where people are marching, and other countries like Afghanistan, where you would be just terrified to march. Uh, uh, probably where Iran, probably similar. Uh, my God, can you think of so many countries? We have so much human rights, and I know that you shouldn't take it for granted either. You should, that we probably have, yeah, I'm sure we have human rights. I know we have human rights problems, but not wearing, not to do with wearing a mask, maybe to do with poverty, homelessness, that kind of thing, um, sexual freedom, and, uh, well, I can't think about it at the moment, but, but it's not to do with wearing a mask. And wearing a mask, we have to wear a mask. And socially distance and not go to a pub. Imagine that being your human rights taken away. I mean, it's going to come back if we get a vaccine. But the people who are complaining about this human rights thing probably won't take the vaccine for Christ's sake. Anyway, it's a mad thing. I'm thinking, should I go off Facebook? Because it just drives me insane, all the chat about it. I don't really do Twitter that much, so thankfully I'm spared that. Um, um, Instagram is just fantastic to be honest it's free of all that nonsense just people putting up photographs of themselves and their dinners and maybe their legs on a beach if they're somewhere on a beach where you can get your legs out or just their coffee and uh, quite honestly I'd prefer to be watching a photograph of somebody's coffee than listen to them moaning about the bloody corona virus. <sighs> I mean, we live in a good world where we get nice food. And I mean, think about 2,000 years ago where people, people didn't have human rights then, didn't they? They, they sort of struggled to survive. Oh well, okay. So, uh, uh, as you know, I'm part of the uh, Head Stuff network of podcasts, and uh, there are many other podcasts on the network which are well worth listening to, and I would advise you to listen to. And here's one of them. Okay, it's Jibs here from Pints of Malt. So, our podcast is basically group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria and we share our experiences with all of y'all we also had a bit of comedy as well you know to get y'all laughing get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in so y'all sit back and just you know enjoy the show as Jib said, we're the Prince of Mod Podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headstuff Network. And now, Aaron Tett. All right, Aaron. Hi. Thanks for coming on the Need to Know Comedy Show. Um, so, did you, you grew up in Singapore, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised. And then I left at uh, 18 for uni, basically. Okay, and um, you did some theatre in Singapore when you were there at at, at school, did you? Um, just the normal school stuff. So 
I went to an international school. There were like quite a few plays going on, so I was in the, those kind of things. Oh, I did. Um, I was in a film when I was seventeen. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, a feature. Yeah, yeah, Singapore made film, and we went to Cambodia for. I think I was like three months or something. Oh, okay, cool. That must have been interesting. And I read somewhere that you did a perfume ad in Singapore. Is that right? Oh, that was just like Tish stuff that wasn't um, real. <laughs> all right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, did you come to uh, the UK then to actually study comedy? Yeah, I went to Southampton Solent where they had... I don't think it exists anymore, but it was like a comedy writing and performance course. Yeah. <laughs> was it, how long did you do that for? That's three years. It's like a normal BA um, oh. course. My mum found it in a newspaper and then I just <laughs> applied and went to it. Uh, why? Because that's something that you were interested in doing. Yeah. So I like, I was like quite interested in acting. Um, so then I went and like auditioned for a few, but only, you only like, I only got so far with them because they're like quite brutal and ruthless and don't really let, they kind of like, I think they wait for people to be a bit older to let them in or, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So it's like, was a really brutal process. And then I realized as well, like, I didn't really like the look of any of these places. <laughs> it was all a bit like, seemed a bit, pretentious they all had a bit weird vibes going on so then I just applied for this comedy course and it was a much better suit <laughs> right yeah so what what uh, do you do on the course I know you do writing you do improv as well um it, <laughs> what did we do on it uh <laughs> not much really we it was I guess it was kind of like looking back a bit of the history of comedy we also did stand-up and um like what jokes are writing jokes I mean it wasn't the best course that exists um, so it's kind of difficult to look back and be like what exactly did I do oh we like learn using cameras and like we wrote a sketch show at the end and then filmed a sketch show so that was good. That was like actual good practical. Right. And do, comedian, do uh, comedians come to this college and, you know, teach you or give you advice? Or like, who teaches this? <laughs> Old uh, men who had their heyday back in the 70s and um, won't let go. Um <laughs> There was I don't, there are people who have been like involved in comedy. So I think one of our lecturers wrote on Birds of a Feather, and then that's like he was just really insistent in telling us that he wrote on Birds of a Feather, like every lesson. <laughs> and that's all I know about his background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I can imagine. <laughs> it, it was that kind of thing going on, but it was good being like kind of the first time being in a group full of people who were all interested in the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, cool. And obviously I grew up in Singapore. We didn't really have, like, the comedy scene wasn't really thriving when I was 
there. It's kind of like a bit behind with those kind of things. All right, yeah, there isn't a comedy... Like, is there a local comedy scene in Singapore? Yes, it's it's really taking off now, I think. Like, they they have the fest, like, fringe festivals and all sorts going on. It's just as, like, part of, like, the Asian comedy scene. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, And so did you do... uh, Go for a year to New York as part of that course... No, it wasn't. That was a separate thing. Oh. Uh, again, my mum found it. <laughs> Just keep doing things that my mum found. Um, Your mum sounds amazing. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> I know. How supportive is that? Like, she just keeps finding things, so then I just keep going to do. Uh, but no, that was a different thing. That was basically just like, that was a course, but more of like a chance to kind of be in New York and that had improv and stand up and like mm. sketch writing, the whole shebang. Right. Yeah. And so like three and more of like a, like a so, practice. It was like less of like getting a degree. So like no essays and like dissertations and stuff like that. It was more like practical learning. Yeah, okay, yeah, it sounds yeah. good. Uh, I've seen uh, a couple of clips of you doing the Gotham comedy. Oh, wow, that's ages ago, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a really good, though. It's really good like, stuff. Yeah. Like, is that, yeah. When you were, is that when you were starting out? How, how long had you been doing stand-up when you did that? Well, I guess I did a bit of stand-up, like, at uni, but I feel like when I moved to New York, that's when I really started to actually find like oh I like doing jokes like this like this is my vibe whereas before I was just was doing like all sorts of stuff to try and find out who I was kind of thing right so you just found you found your voice yeah, yeah. I love it's that not polished at that point but <laughs> it's like ah. getting like you know when you just like okay this is comfortable I'm comfortable in this now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I love that bit where you ask a man in the audience what's his name. His name's Mark, and you just drag that out for so yeah. long. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh, I did that. So I really liked that bit, and I've, like, kind of dropped it because I did that at – do you know these, um like, um blackout shows where you kind of get gunged off like you get – Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I went and did one of these, and I opened with that bit <laughs> – no, and people just, I guess, thought I really couldn't say this guy's name. <laughs> and I just got gunged off immediately. <laughs> it was really horrible. It was a really horrible experience. Um, <laughs> so I was, like, terrified to do that bit again. But maybe I should bring it back because it was fun. <laughs> oh, no, it's so funny. <laughs> so funny. I, I presume, like, the easier the name is, the funnier yeah. it is. Yeah, really, just like zone in on like a white guy that looks like he has a very simple one to the one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, oh, those gong shows are ridiculous. I mean, how can yeah. you develop an act when you just? I've uh, done two now. That first one, which I did ages ago, and then somebody was like, "Oh, you'd be so good at the comedy store," <laughs> because I do like one-liners and short jokes, and then. Uh, I was also off immediately at that one. They booed me on my way to the stage. <laughs> I didn't right. even go to the stage and they're really booing. 
That's outrageous. Although that's kind of a that's kind of a good thing in a way to say that you you actually got booed before you. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the material. It was just the look. They just didn't look. They weren't into the look. Uh, I'd say that's a badge of honor. To, to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, and then uh, so what do you think? Uh, have you much experience of the uh, comedy scene in in New York or? Like, is it, would you know if it's a very different scene than here, than in the UK? It is pretty different, yeah. I mean, I basically have only done, really done, like, the London scene. And then, the, I mean, New York is, like, a lot smaller. Everything's easy. You can do, like, a few mics in a night. Um, and they like, it seems that it's a lot closer knit, whereas, like, London is so big. <laughs> like, it takes so long to get anywhere. Um, but also there's like pros and cons. I mean, in New York, you sometimes you have to pay for like pay to play, like give them five bucks to get on stage, which is like ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And you have to bring people with you at some shows? Yeah. Um, if you want like, there's like showcases where you have to bring like 20 people to get on stage as well and they all have to buy drinks it's like i mean it's so american <laughs> like it's like get your cash out and then you can kind of go but then here it's like i don't know i feel like in london the like the struggle is so real because <laughs> you just are constantly going to mics and there's like they're kind of like sometimes in pubs and basements is ne- never there's never, you don't always get a really big audience. It's kind of just as like, it's a bit more of a trudge, I think. Yeah. And I think like you were saying in New York, you, there probably is more camaraderie because you don't have so far to travel. So you can actually hang around a bit after you've done your bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt a bit more like people would come up to me afterwards and be like, Hey, what's your name? Let's go to a few. Whereas here it's just like, I just want to go home. Like <laughs> it's going to take me 50 minutes to get home. I just want to get home. Right. Okay. And so had you, uh, you discovered your voice in New York then you'd say? I feel like that was the start of it. Yeah. Like kind of the start. I don't know. I've just, it's kind of been like, on and off for me I never was really like in a scene enough to kind of like be part of it if that makes sense and I feel like with comedy that's that's actually like a lot of the game is kind of being part of something (laughs) and like having people knowing people and people kind of recommending you and all of this stuff but I was never really around anywhere long enough to do that oh yeah maybe two years ago in in London I think is when I actually, I feel like that's when I started. <laughs> I was like, kind of know who I am, kind of part of the scene. Yeah. Let's go from here. And do you feel like you are an exaggerated version of yourself on stage or is it, are you, how would you be different or, or is it just you? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't, I, I don't really know. I guess it, it is me. Um, but it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, I kind of l- like chain- finding what the energy is and kind of like twisting it a little bit <laughs> so that people are just not totally sure what's happening. My gigs are usually quite chaotic. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love the stuff. I love the pointing um, gag. Thank you. That is my favourite joke. <laughs> uh, 
so good and you can just drag it out i guess it depends on the gig but yeah yeah exactly it is it's it's one of those things of like dragging things out if people kind of get what's happening but sometimes people fully don't get what's happening (laughs) god so annoying um (laughs) and uh i see that you've done a lot on online like is that just purely since the lockdown or have you always been online? No, so I had, uh, I started this character, Earned It, a while ago. That, I started that in New York as well. Mm. Um, and then have been making videos with that character for a while now. So like six years <laughs> of that. Um, but then more recently I've started trying to do a few more kind of sketches or different formats because lockdown happened and I didn't have an income or a job and I didn't have comedy anymore. So I was like, I need to do stuff. If I like leave myself for long enough to really sink into that existential nightmare, I'm not coming out of it. So (laughs) I need distractions. So I just tried to make as much as I could. Yeah. Um, like one of my favorites is the is the lady who bought up loads of Furbies. Oh yeah, I had a lot of people asking me if I was okay after that one. <laughs> That's so funny. I am the the other one, the um, floppy disks. Yeah, I I had that floppy disk idea that I wanted to do. I wanted to like do a joke like on stage, but I couldn't think of how to do it. So then I was like, oh, an opportunity to like film something. Yeah. I love those. I really love those. Both. Thank <laughs> and, um, you do you edit the stuff yourself. Yeah. So that's something I learned at university. I didn't know was something. I learned how to use Final Cut, um, back then. So I've just, yeah, I've always been able to edit my own stuff and that's been really useful. Yeah. Uh, the editing is great on those. You just get the timing is really, well, in my opinion, timing yeah, yeah I, I really like doing the, I feel like editing stuff is like most of the most of the power when it comes to filming sketches and stuff that you can kind of write it and like act it out but I feel like it's the editing is where it kind of because that's the rhythm that's the pace that's the yeah yeah stuck. I'd agree like the editing on a on a sketch or on a film or a comedy is similar to your timing. Yeah, the... yeah, definitely. And I don't think you could leave it in the hands of just someone else to edit your work. Yeah, I get a bit controlling with those things. <laughs> it's like, I'll write it, I'll um, be in it, and then I'll edit it. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, it's brilliant, though. And uh, I'll also love the one where you review um, Britney Spears' Instagram. Uh, that was my attempt at a more um, YouTube-y type video, which was uh, trying to like get people to go to my YouTube. It didn't, it didn't work. But actually, weirdly, after that, um, you, uh, Britney Spears started trending as a hashtag. Oh, Nothing, really? You know, more to do with people trying to free Britney. All right, because she seems to have lost her way a little bit. Yeah, something, some conspiracy. <laughs> that I'm not fully up to date on, but I will get back to you on it. 
Okay. <laughs> were you a fan of Britney when you were younger? Um, I'm not so much a fan of Britney. I just as a weird, I think it's like a weird generational thing. I feel like loads of people my age would just like defend Britney, but we have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> and it just was like subliminal part of our childhoods. And now it's like, if anybody says something bad about Britney, I'm like, no, she's a legend. <laughs> but I have no idea where that comes from. Mm. I actually love Toxic. It's my favorite. <laughs> I love that she made a song called Email My Heart. I just think that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. So You did. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, would you like to do, like, sketch comedy? I, I think you'd be brilliant at it. So, you know. Yeah, I would like to do sketch comedy. I'd love to. I mean, if there was, like, a version of SNL that was here, I'd love to do that kind of stuff. I know it's it's I find it so difficult it's like all about infiltrating these groups and communities that's like the hardest bit yeah as I would stand up you can just show up and get off on stage but this is a lot more of like a finding where it's all that kind of thing right yeah are there not like kind of um competitions or like yeah so I entered a couple things into competitions over lockdown as well so I wrote my there's like these funny women competitions uh my sitcom got long listed and one of my videos got shortlisted so yeah so trying to like show people that I'm kind of doing these things and make connections that way well you've loads of really good content on your youtube channel I recommend anybody to have a look at it it's really good But uh, have you ever tried uh, doing a character on live? No. Like, <laughs> is that something you'd be interested in? Or, uh... I, yeah, may, yeah, maybe. I think it's it's going back to that like editing power I have with characters that you don't quite get on stage. That I've, I know with my own tit one, like a lot of the rhythm of it comes from the editing. Yeah. But. I would, yeah, I would, I would like to do more of that stuff now. I think now that I've kind of like used this lockdown to kind of dip my toe into those things. Yeah. I would like to do a bit more. I mean, it's tougher with a character on stage. I've done characters live and it, it can be tough because I think what's hard about it is if you're in character and things aren't going well, well, you can't really break out of that character. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So so that's difficult. Probably better. I mean, maybe there's a different scene where you can do characters like maybe cabaret. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is definitely like space for it and some open mics that have more of like an alternative kind of edge to them, which are ones that I prefer anyway. (laughs) Because, yeah, going on the mainstream stand-up types are always a bit more tricky for me i think right yeah is there a scene now where where it's less about stand-up and it's a mixture of maybe stand-up i don't know uh drag and burlesque or something like that is there a scene that happens i think that there definitely are a few nights that kind of dedicate themselves to that kind of thing um I know that, like, objectively funny kind of 
has a bit more alternative stuff. I've done one that was like, yeah, more of like a cabaret night. There's like a drag king and like sketch and all this kind of stuff. That was, yeah, some Charlie George put that one on. So these things, yeah, definitely exist. But again, it's like, it's trying to find them and like attract that kind of crowd. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, if you hear about the original alternative comedy scene that started in the nineties, I guess it wasn't purely stand up. In fact, there was lots of really odd acts going on. Yeah. You know, and that seems to have gone away. I mean, I've heard of acts. There was one guy apparently who would melt a block of ice. That was his act. <laughs> <laughs> In different ways, you know, every, every, yeah. every night. I guess that's what, like, the Fringe Festivals are good for. Because you just book a venue and then you do what you want with it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, those kind of things, I guess, are good for finding those people. Yeah, right, yeah. And have you been, have you done the Edinburgh Fringe? Um, I did it once a while ago as a split. Um, I was bringing my first solo show to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Um, (laughs) that's not happening. I guess that gets postponed. Yeah. So this was like my big, oh, I'm finally going to do the Edinburgh Fringe. And you had, you had the whole show written and everything. Had you done previews? No, my first preview was like the weekend of the week. Everything was locked down. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> tough, Baron. Really frustrating, but mm. that's okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Jesus, that's tough. Yeah. Um, so how does your mother feel now about how things are going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She gets constant updates. Yeah. <laughs> she watches all my videos. She comments on all my videos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think she, I think I'm uh, basically my whole family are teachers. Like my parents are teachers, both my sisters and my sister's husband. So like I'm a family of teachers and then I've completely gone wayward and picked a <laughs> different path. So they don't really get it. I think mm. sometimes they're like, you could maybe do a real job sometime. <laughs> uh, but supportive nonetheless. Mm. And how do you feel about it? Like, do you think it's a, it's a tough thing, choice to have made or like emotionally can be like, you know, you know, it's shit when you die on stage and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know it's. it's <laughs> still haunts me so like, I've clearly not gotten over it the way I was talking about that like getting gunged off um, oh, no, I, I don't mean like I mean no nah, you made a joke of that but um I yeah. don't know it can be tough when I look back on starting out I go how did I do that yeah 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 I think it is it's weird it's weird like emotionally and also it's like weird physically as well because your adrenaline is constantly like doing this and sleeping is hard and like it it must really just mess with your body as well as your mind um I don't know I was trying to think this um I was thinking this last night because I also do like modeling and acting stuff and then 
along with comedy and you just get rejected so much across all of like I've just picked all these parts where I'm like maximum rejection in all of these places I don't know I just must be like seeking it out I don't know and then as soon as you get something you're like immediately hit with kind of like a weird um like imposter syndrome like oh I shouldn't really be here so it just the whole thing I don't know I don't know what I'm doing to myself don't know why I do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's really odd. The people who appear to be quite sensitive maybe uh, choose a job that uh, involves so much rejection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just mm, feels comfortable somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and then this, the success feels strange. You feel like you, you feel like oh, I deserve it because I've been working so hard, but at the same time you're like, Oh, I'm not used to this feeling because it's because you hit, get hit by rejections so often. Right? Yeah, yeah. You feel like, oh, I'm I'm just getting away with this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If only they knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. But listen, I love all your stuff online. It's really, really good. I I could see you doing, you know, character and sketch stuff on TV. The the right oh. vehicle comes along. So. Yes, we'll wait for some, somebody will come across my YouTube someday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah, it's really great stuff. I like, yeah, I really like watching those kind of things because it's just it's, it's different to stand up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done? Did you do any clowning as part of the the course you did? No, not really. I only ever really did that at school. But I actually, I yeah, when we. When you submitted to the comedy course in Southampton, you had to do like a self-tape type thing. Mm. So I did a clowning one-man version of Romeo and Juliet. Wow. <laughs> and then you... <laughs> <laughs> that worked out. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I did a, a five-day clowning course a few years ago and everybody cried during the course. <laughs> because well you went to the at certain point you're you to come out with just a red nose on and uh, not say anything but make eye contact with each member of the class for a a period of time as to when you felt that your conversation just using eye contact had finished and uh sometimes eye contact just springs up And a lot of people would just start crying. Wow. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, all of the... I always see people doing, like... When you see on TV shows or films or something, people doing therapies and stuff like that, I always watch it and I'm like, that's just improv. <laughs> they're just doing improv. Like, they're just <laughs> doing what they bullied, like, nerdy drama kids about. And that's... <laughs> yeah. That's, because people just want to have eye contact and like touch each other, <laughs> and it just yeah. makes. You- <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, that's the thing about improv. Yeah, it can either be a, a comedy form or it can be therapy. Therapy, and you you yeah. better kind of just do the therapy in your workshops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not so much publicly. <laughs> that's like- but that's like what a lot of stand-up is as well, though. People kind of get up and then just like talk about their problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and forget about the punchlines. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's close to the bone. All right. And listen, actually, I saw. Did you win a competition in the Cherry Comedy? Yeah, it was Cherry. Um, yeah, charity club in Dublin. Yeah, wow. how did that I come this year? And then there was a pandemic, so <laughs> right, right. I also, but like, did you come over to or did they have heats in the UK? Or so we that? had, yeah, we had a heat in London, like the first heat. And the person who won that heat went straight to the finals, and, the, and then there were a couple others who went to Dublin for the semi finals. So I won that heat, so then I went straight to the finals and then i yeah won that cherry comedy breakout act of the year cherry comedy oh yeah and then live comedy just completely collapsed so (laughs) try not to take that too personally (laughs) (laughs) i'm really sorry everybody but yeah Yeah. no that's really cool like because i'm i'm uh living just outside Dublin, so I was just amazed to see that. Oh, really? They, yeah. they have a really good club there. It was really friendly. Like, the venue was amazing as well. It's at oh, Whelan's. Whelan's. Yeah. Was that your first time in Ireland? Yeah, it was. Cool. <laughs> it was a good experience. That's a good experience. Yeah. Win a competition. Um, but listen, it's been brilliant chatting to you, Aaron, and uh, I, I will recommend to everyone your YouTube channel. I think your sketches oh. are, are, are really amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye, Aaron. That was Erin Tett. And go on her YouTube channel and look at her sketches. They're amazing. Next week, I'll be talking to Erica Eller. And she's a Canadian comedian. Brilliant, amazing, really uh, edgy one-liner stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Ah, in in the meantime as well, I'll be talking to you next time. I don't think it'll be next. I'm going to bring it out soon, sooner than a week's time. Uh, about how my old band from 30 years ago are releasing an album that was recorded 32 years ago. And uh, the whole story about that. Um, and good news, uh, Donald Trump got COVID-19. So, yeah, okay. See you next time. Woohoo! Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with axonic therapy. It's not a pill or a pad, it's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Exonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.